Coming live from Edmonton, Canada is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights and information or simply learning from them. But before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Korean Tarakan, founder and MD Strategy Peak Sales and Marketing Advisors, a sales and marketing firm, strategy firm, which has worked with hundreds of companies on their strategy to enter and scale new markets. And Korean is also a storyteller and author, author of the seven essential stories charismatic leaders tell. And today we'll be talking to him on how to tell a good brand story. Welcome to the show, Kurian. Welcome to India. Ajay, thanks for having me on. First show in India. This is good. Yes, and it's, it's a pleasure. You know, it, it's a, you can say uh, it is not just beginner's luck. It will, be, it will be a luck for quite a long time. It will be a great uh, learning from you with all this experience that you carry in your mind and, and a lot of, you know, experience with you. So straight to the point uh korean you know you have written a book on how seven essential stories all charismatic leaders tell but here we'll be focusing on the brand part of it what problems you know uh marketing people sales people or product product businesses everybody faces the same sort of problem you know how do i tell my story to my target audience for a start how would you put it uh in your in your way so that people understand it well the story that you have to tell is not the story about your uh brand but rather what your brand has as meaning to that end user that customer and so brand is ultimately a meaning a meaning of an outcome a tangible concrete outcome for the hero of your story which is your customer and okay. so once you understand that meaning, that's the story you have to tell. You can't tell the story about the product, what a great product it is and things like that. No one cares about that. What they care about is how that uh, product, that service will transform their lives. Okay. So hero, hero is, the, is the customer, not the product, not the leadership. Always the customer. Okay. Okay. So let's get back to the start. You know, from like you say that, if somebody lose, someone loses their way, it is always almost because they have lost their story. When they regain their story, they will regain their way. Can you put it more in perspective in terms of you know brands and marketing? Sure, uh, we see this quite regularly. Uh, I think I have a story in the book in uh, about the 1955 Fortune 500 list out of the USA, and by 1990, something like that, you know, a very short period of time. 85% of that uh, list was not on the Fortune 500 list. The 55 list members were not on the Fortune 500 list, you know, just 40 years later. Now, why is that? The primary reason for that is because they have ceased to be relevant to their uh, end customers. And brands don't lose their product relevance first. They lose their story relevance first. The story is not as appealing, compelling, impelling uh, to that customer as to as with new products and services. So when Apple brought out its iPad, 
It was such a compelling story compared to all the smaller laptops out there, right? And they basically invented the tablet market in the mass market sense. There were other tablets out there prior to that. But now we have a story. People can't buy the iPad before they can buy before they buy the story of transformation of what that iPad will do for them in their lives. And then that lust is triggered and they want to buy that product. Okay. So how does somebody build a story? Say, let, let's look at from three perspectives. Okay. One is uh, from an individual perspective. Somebody is just starting maybe career-wise or inventing something small product that he wants to start with or as an individual branding or telling a story either in career or in terms of business you can say a freelancer if if, if that's the word works better for us second is a small business now they operate in different segments different sectors and the third is a big large corporation which obviously you you have worked with so many of them either it's a big business a product launch, new product. How do these people approach their storytelling or telling or sharing about their story uh, to their customers, the hero of their story in the best way possible? What are the tips you would like to share? The central tip is to understand what degree of pain or what degree of gain that the customer wants, the client, the customer. So they either want to get out of pain or get to gain. And sometimes they want to do both at the same time. Get out of pain, get to gain. At that point in time, they are looking to transform their lives. And what you have to do is to position your products or services as the method, as the way to get them out of pain and get to gain. As soon as you understand what the process is for doing that, then you can craft the story around that. You can, uh, you can actually weave the narrative that shows what the potential is for that gain, out of pain, get to gain uh, state. That's, that's the very first thing you've got to do. Understand where they are today and where they want to go. Okay. And it doesn't matter if you're a freelancer, a small business, or a Fortune 500 company, you know, a very large company. Because when it really comes down to it, a product is a product. It's trying to seek its way in the marketplace. And the marketplace, the primary place in the marketplace is not out there in a geography. It's up here in your customer's mind. That mind share and the positioning that the product has in relationship to other ways that they can get out of pain and get to gain. So even if you're a Fortune 500 company, a very large company, you know, the only thing that you really have more than the little freelancer or the little business is resources. But you have the same right. problem. And the same problems are trying to understand that gain pain, pain gain state in that customer's mind. Right. So you, you, you uh, named it that it's about the resources also. So how do you, what is the best way for all these people who do not have that much of resource? How do they find out what story platform or what is the best method to tell their story which is in their budget? Well, first of all, the ultimately comes down to understanding the story, first of all. So you have to go and meet the people where they are. So that by itself, you know, when you're engaging them to understand what that pain gain uh, state is, you know, you're in the business of storytelling right there as you're crafting the plot. So the next part after that is if you have no budget, 
you're going to be, uh, what is it, relegated to what you can do one-on-one with people. Every additional dollar or rupee of budget, then you can then get additional media, right? Whether it's Facebook or whether it's TikTok or, or whatever else have you, just traditional advertising. So you have to match the budget to the resources that you have. Now, that's just very straightforward to say. But what's more important than budget or resources is what's the story? Because a truly compelling story will ignite by itself. Now, you know, we can go back to the father of India. And, you know, and yeah, when yeah. you talk about Mohandas Gandhi, what was his budget? <laughs> and Mohandas Gandhi's uh, budget was, was, was not, he was, uh, you know. He was heavily, heavily invested in the hearts of people. In the hearts of people, right? And you do that with story. That's what you do. So you don't need to outspend the competition. You have to outstory the competition. Okay. 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 So, uh, Korean, generally, you talk, you are a speaker, you talk at a lot of places, you lecture, uh, lecture about what exactly, you know, how people can grow and do their stuff. Now, you also talk about, you know, that there is a one big reason that companies, organizations, or even movements, you know, they fail. Can you tell us about that? The number one reason why companies, organizations, and movements fail is also the number one reason they succeed. It's just a different way to look at it. The reason companies, movements, and organizations fail or succeed is when their stories fail or succeed. Products don't fail. The story that the product is telling that customer before they buy, that transformational story either has functional relevance, emotional significance, or it doesn't. If it is not functionally relevant and emotionally significant, the product can't be bought. People won't buy the product. So the very first thing you sell is something that you don't get paid for. The very first thing you have to sell is something that they have to buy in mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in order to physically transact uh, cash for a hard purchase. Okay. Okay. Then tell me, how do you build a story? Because see, Every product or every even for leaders, even anybody product service, everybody talks about, you know, solving your problem. Everywhere. Everywhere. It's, it's a, and, and there are enough resources around them to at least know and or even, you know, a lot of uh, you can say knowledge everywhere spread that you need need to solve a problem. And everybody is very sure that they are solving the problem of the hero. That's the customer. Then they start building their story. How do they test whether their story will fail or it will go? Because once your story is out, your result is out. So how do you test it? It's like prevention is better than cure. So how do you do that? So there's two two ways you have to, two things you have to primarily look at. The very first thing is how many people want to hear the story. So if you're on Facebook advertising, for example, how many people click through uh, into the actual landing page, read the story, go to the next step, those kinds of things. The second thing you have to look for is the amplification rate. And the amplification rate is how many people will retell the story, share the story, like the story, propel the story on your behalf. If they are not doing that, it's not a relevant story. So great stories are stories that people tell other people about. And so a very common metric you'll see is a NPS score. 
a net promoter score, for example. That is a way to measure it. But realistically, you have to just take a look at how many, you know, like if it's on social media, how many likes and especially shares you get on that story. Okay. So let's now look at an example. Suppose if it's a brand or a product, which is mostly for people on the street, the rural areas, and a lot of people are not on LinkedIn or anywhere else. Now, if a, if a brand launches a particular product, which is for the mass, but that, you know, that's for the people who are not much on social media, then what is the best way? So you see, advertising, you can obviously say advertising is one of them, but then is it about the medium or is it how, how do you build up the story for people who are not on social media? Well, if they're not on social media, they are on something. You know, unless okay. you are a hermit, uh, you know, living all by yourself, you are part of a social network of some kind. So you have to take a look at how that social network communicates. And it may be simple as the temple. It might be as simple as the church. You know, it could be uh, uh, your community centers, for okay. example, it could be family circles. How you have to take a look at the communication mediums within the social networks that the individuals occupy. And it's at that point in time that you would insert your message into those mediums. Okay. Okay. And now let's talk about leadership. And leadership, I'm talking in general, it's for organizations, uh, small, small businesses, and even for, you know, from the political point of view also. But leadership in general, you talk about that, you know, these are the seven stories that, you know, charismatic leaders generally tell to their audience, to their hero. Now, can you tell us about that? Because the, so those seven points would be really very, you know, important and interesting to understand and listen to. Sure. Well, the seven stories, you know, uh, when I was researching this, what I realized was that the seven stories are so powerful uh, because they are very, very ingrained in how civilizations form around each other, how society forms through the millennia, through the okay. millennia. And uh, one of the key things that I'd read maybe 30 years ago uh, was about Apple's first marketing consultant, one of the first. His name was Regis McKenna. And Regis McKenna told Steve Jobs that great marketing takes its cues from great religion. And great religion, and there's been thousands of religions throughout the world, throughout history, but very few of them are dominant today. Right. They are dominant today, right? At the very top, uh, Christianity is at 2.1 billion. Uh, then we have Islam at about 1.8 billion people, right? And it, it keeps going down from there. Like, you know, uh, Hinduism is certainly uh, up there, right? But even Jainism, you know, is, is there as well. Well, why? But it, it goes down like this, you know, uh, it drops like a rock in the number of adherents to it. Uh, even um, Judaism, uh, even though it's a very prominent religion, it spawned Christianity and it also spawned Islam uh, from its uh, roots. It only has 14 million adherents, but everybody knows its stories. So great religion takes its, uh, sorry, great marketing takes its cues from great religion because in order for religions to survive, they have to communicate their messages, right? So they are masters at communicating their messages. And more importantly, what kind of messages they are communicating. So the seven stories uh, that uh, you have to communicate. And, uh, you know, you can see this in the stories of Christianity. You can see this in the Bible. You can see this in the Bhagavad Gita. 
You know, you will see this in all sorts of different things. Uh, very first one, creation and origin. How did this all begin? Okay, how did this begin? Identity, beliefs, and values. Who are we as people? How would we describe each other to someone else? Uh, the big idea. What is the big idea? You know, and so it could be things like, you know, uh, this whole idea of uh, very slick, uh, portable communication, which is all about the iPhone, you know, but right. before 20 years earlier, it would have been a Nokia brick uh, would have been that same thing. But then now there's a superior story with the iPhone, uh, the enemy we face. So what do we fight against or what do we fight for? And you can, okay. you can position it those ways. Uh, the mighty winds is all about the, the, uh, secular trends, the macro trends in the marketplace that either power your business model forward or impede it. You know, so uh, back in 1969, uh, there's a little thing that started called DARPAnet in the USA. And, you know, here all these years later, 50, 60 years later, we call it the internet. And so that was a little thing that started that connected three universities back in 1969. And now it is what is powering a large part of uh, commercial transactions now, let alone, you know, the spawn of multi-billion dollar fortunes uh, for, for uh, companies like Facebook. Uh, number six is all about the, end, uh, the journey we must undertake. So the first five stories are all about the left side of the equation. And if people buy those first five stories, then there's a natural equal sign that says, well, this is what we have to do then. This is what we have to do. So this is the journey we must undertake. And the final story, the absolute final story is you weave all six stories together in a macro narrative, in a meta narrative. And then with that meta narrative is called why we will win. So this is where we came from. This is what's going on. This is what we're fighting for against. This is what we have to do. And then this is why we will win. Right. And then once you install those four stories, I'm sorry, uh, seven stories, then you will give your people the oomph and the drive and the vision to go forward and do what they need to to make all of that come alive. And, uh, and like I said, you know, great religions, you will see all seven stories in the narratives of the great religions. OK, so are these seven stories that charismatic leaders tell are the stories that actually audience wants wants also want to listen is there is there a what you call a similarity there or is there is a difference or is it that those stories are being thrust on their audience and they just accept it well the the, the central parts of those stories are going to be different uh, i'm sorry the central parts of the stories are going to be the same but the okay. way you tell it may be very different so uh, are you familiar with the uh, what is the story of Little Red Riding Hood and the Big yes. Bad Wolf? Okay, you're very familiar with, with that, right? Now, Europeans and Western cultures have known that uh, through Hans Christian Andersen the, and the Grimm brothers and things like that. But that story about a big bad wolf and a little girl that defies her parents, uh, you know, uh, rules and you know, and admonitions and goes in the forest. And then gets, you know, what is it, chased around by the wolf and then all this kind of grandmothers get eaten. That's a universal story. There's African versions of that. There's Asian versions of that. There are indigenous versions of that story. It is a story that's retold for the cultures that they are in 
but the central part of the story is the same. A little girl who did not listen to her parents. And then what happened to her? Okay. Okay. So there are a lot of similarities. But what are the differences? What are the differences if you can indicate? Well, the primary differences are going to be the cultural representation of that central story theme. And so the cultural representation. So culture is what makes the central themes relevant for the time. What is the uh, relevance for the time, right? And so the way you would say that to a, what is it, uh, an audience in Africa, you know, like a, like a village audience in Africa will be different. The, the relatability and the way you would tell that story, the different types of characters involved, same kind of character, but, you know, you, you would personify it for that local culture. That's what will be different. That is the difference uh, part of it. Now, one of the things about... Uh, the current, uh, uh, the current uh, group of technology uh, mega millionaires, you know, mega, mega billionaires, I should say, yeah. uh, is that theoretically they all started in a garage somewhere. Right. <laughs> right? right. But there's different garages. There are different yes. garages and there are different yes. businesses came about and there's different issues, things like that. But the central theme is somebody had an idea in a garage and they built this mega monolithic company as a result of it. Now, that's not always true, but it's a good story. Okay, so coming to that question, you know, because, you know, you also tell about how to create your seven stories and, you know, you can move people and mountains. Now, for brands or for marketing people, what is it important? Is it is it that the reality of the story important or is it hype that is important to create that story? The story has to be believable. All seven stories have to be believable. So hype, you know, the second somebody smells hype, sees hype, it reduces the believability of the story. But the story has to be very believable, emotionally resonant. It has to be spiritually uh, igniting to the individual. If you can achieve functional relevance, spiritual, uh, what is it, ignition, and emotional uh, significance, then you've got a story worth retelling. So if you have to tell the story once and then that customer keeps it inside their head and doesn't tell anybody else, that's not a very powerful story. They want to retell the story. Uh, IBM, Reliance Industries, does not have the money to communicate with all 7 billion people on this planet. They have to communicate with a small subset that can then carry that message to everybody else. Okay, okay. So it has to be... Real, uh, if I if I understand it correctly, and and functionally relevant and emotionally significant and have spiritual ignition. Okay, then just let me understand this. A lot of stories being told in our you know in the, in, our, in the last hundred years. Several. How do you differentiate between a good story or a propaganda then? Because uh, and several stories have gone wrong and. Right now, at the moment, we'll not take names or such, but a lot of story being told in the world about the ongoing conflict in Europe. Now, how do people differentiate? Because that is where the responsibility of a marketing person or a yeah. brand also comes in to be true to the wider good of the larger good of the people. Sure. Now, that's a whole different category. We're going to get into morals and ethics there. Okay. Right. And I'm assuming that the marketers I'm talking to are going to be morally and ethically responsible. 
uh, people. But, uh, but the other part of it is that as we experience uh, these stories, we have to be very cognizant as consumers as to whether what they're saying is correct, indifferent or such, right? Uh, a lot of news outlets right now are not in the journalism business. They are in the entertainment business. You know, so, right? So you have to be very careful about whether this is true uh, news gathering journalism or whether it is true propaganda for the purposes of getting my money and my uh, my what is it, energies in a, in a certain direction. Okay. So overall, brand should stick to their story and you uh, and, and it should be make-believe, but it also should be a good story. It should, be believe, it should be believable. Yes. Yeah. You should, okay. you should, uh, people should believe it. Right. Yeah. Okay. You deal with a lot of uh, companies, uh, Korean. How do you tell them to tell their story? Because you see, you believe in a lot of goodness around. Now, a lot of companies have different challenges. How do you see their responses to your suggestions of a good story? Less of hype or only that amount of hype to tell a good story? How is that response? How is, is it that companies are more forthcoming? Or is it that they want you know something very dramatic that people uh, would uh, more believe in those things? I don't think simple it matters. Sometimes, simple stories sometimes don't sell. Yeah, A lot of good products have failed. I don't know if there were stories what failed or they were true, true to what they were actually trying to do. Well, before you build a new product, you should test the story that the new product is supposed to be built around. So what's the what's that big idea, right? That you want to deliver to that marketplace. And then you then you test the big idea and then you build the product to fulfill the promises of the big idea. That's what has to come. Uh, that's the proper sequence of events. Now, most entrepreneurs just build a product and then they try and find a marketplace for it. But realistically, you have to find a marketplace and then build a product to satisfy the demands of the of the, of the market. So the real question here is not what the company wants, it's what the audience wants to be told. You know, so you can, and so what do we do? We start with the big idea, the key messages around that big, big idea, and then the stories that propel the big idea and the key messages into a compelling narrative into that customer's mind. Okay. So imagine it like a big movie studio, a big movie studio, you know, they're going to test several different plots and then several different scripts before they ever cast the movie with some actors and actresses and then shoot it. You know, they're going to, they're going to get the basics of this done first before they ever commit, you know, a few tens of millions of dollars to uh, shoot the, shoot the actual movie. Right, right. Now for brands, you see, there are several brands in the market, companies producing the same product. There is a, it's a big bad world out there and a lot of competition. How do you uh, differentiate your story in that market? Because if everybody listens to your advice and they tell their best story, then how does one story stand out? Is it through the product or is it through the story itself? It's always through the story, never through the product. The product is the fulfillment of the promises and expectations set by the story. So the story always comes first in the product. People look at the product. Is this the, what I had bought mentally with the story okay. that, that I heard, right? And if it's not, the product gets, uh, gets uh, thrown out of the marketplace. Uh, so even though I am telling everybody they have to have a great story, not everybody takes that advice. 
<laughs> you know, I, like, I, right? I, I understand. Not, not everybody takes that advice. So, and there's always a hundred different ways to turn the story, uh, spin the story, thousands of different ways to spin the story. And so you're going after, you know, not a marketplaces, but segments of that marketplace, niches, micro niches of that marketplace. And depending on your appetite for, you know, how much, how much share you need to keep your business economically viable, you might be able to survive on a micro niche, or you might need the big, big billion dollar, you know, multi-billion dollar, uh, what is it, uh, marketplaces like, like big drug companies have. You know, in order to bring a drug to market, you need multi-billion dollar marketplaces uh, to deliver that. Now, you have to determine, you know, how you are going to position that story within the within a particular individual market. Now, here in my city, uh, we have uh, maybe a million people that live in my city uh, here in Edmonton. But of those million people, you could probably divide the city up into maybe 40, 50, 60 different niches. And even more if you get into you know, the way people think. And so the way you market a political agenda, like raising taxes, affordable housing, uh, food security, you know, urban transportation, is going to have different relevance to each of those 60 different uh, sub-segments of the million-person population. Well, those 60 sub-segments, uh, those are separate marketplaces that any individual story could dominate. You know, so, and that's what it ultimately comes down to, choose a niche. Okay, okay. A lot of sane advice and a lot of practical advice, but the right advice you have shared, Korea. Now, how do people... You know, if, if they want to contact you, how do they get in touch with you? How do they, you know, this is only a half an hour show. You don't, you can't become a master in just a half an hour show. You are the master and I'm only asking questions. But how do people utilize your services? How can they contact you? Obviously, I'll put a lot of information on the description. But but for the record's sake, if people... Yeah, are so uh, you can you find me at my website, strategypeak.com. Uh, but, you know, uh, if you wanted to pick up a copy of the book, the book is pretty straightforward. Uh, first of all, if you come to strategypeak.com, you can download an infographic free. It's just on the right side of the column, and it'll give you all seven stories in one sheet. Or you can go to Amazon. Uh, Amazon India will have it for sure. Uh, the seven essential stories charismatic leaders tell. Very inexpensive. Okay. Okay. I saw your website. You got more than 60 recommendations from people. That's a whole lot of, you know, good Good word from your customers and clients, Korean. It it was it was very heartening to see somebody get so much, you know, good good word from across the world. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On this note, Korean, it was it was a great session. And with this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Hope to get you again soon. Thank you Actually, very much. Thanks for having me on your show.